previously in Nathair, Ascension. Nathair has been sent to the city of Sunshire to investigate the construction of a large building on the banks of the Sariac River. With orders from his uncle to look into specific people that are there, Nathair finds the city is crawling with God-touched followers of Darium, as well as a God-touched follower of Talgis. With the information in hand, Nathair returns to Wurz only to find out that Dunai has changed dramatically as the god of the tides, Xylene, has submerged one of the largest shipping ports in Dunai into the sea. With his uncle Demerix having to adjust to a new world, Nathair and his uncle head to Urine in the vast metropolis that is Merdul. By Gods and Kings takes place in the world of Dunai and is based on the tabletop RPG. For more information on the tabletop RPG or for more information on the world of Dunai, please visit our website, www.bygodsandkings.com. Chapter 5 Upon the Prodigal Son's Return The carriage pulled into Brex as I was already taken aback by the state of the city. While Wurz was vibrant and jovial, Brex possessed an aura of sadness, almost as if it were the home to a perpetual funeral. The streets that were once bustling with merchants were now filled with destitute citizens. The vendors who had carts filled with goods now only had a few things to sell. The buildings appeared as if they needed maintenance and the roads were unclean and full of debris and manure. I opened the door to the front of the carriage and poked my head through. Driver, what happened here? I asked to the man who held the reins of the horses. This is not the Brex that I remember. The driver glanced back at me and smirked. Bryle wasn't the only thing that got drugged down, he joked while averting his eyes back to what was in front of him. When the oceans lowered, boats couldn't make it to the harbor. All commerce had to come by land, and there weren't many who were willing to make the trek south. The oceans were receding before I left for Wurz, and Despanzia was inching closer and closer to Brex, but while I was gone, it arrived. The swamps had overtaken the rivers, and the oceans no longer reached the harbor. Honestly, lad, the city has always had an aura about it that made it seem as if it weren't long for this world. It had always felt as if it was hanging on by a thread, but now it seems that the fabric has completely unraveled. An evil smirk came over me as I tucked my head back into the carriage. Poetic, I muttered while closing the small door. The carriage continued on at a decent pace, allowing me to examine the entirety of the city. The children playing in the streets were covered in filth, and the parents, at least who I assumed were the parents, were just as ragged. Brex had become a cesspool in the short time that I had been gone, and I was hoping I would be able to leave just as quickly as I arrived. I leaned back against the bench in the carriage and started laughing, because I realized that my father's plan had not come to fruition like he imagined it would. My brother, Tigras, the devout follower of Xylene, was unable to use his influence to keep the oceans at their apex. My father's ships could not navigate the tides and channels if they couldn't ever reach the port. I bet he's furious. I whispered as the thoughts of my father's hatred filled my head. I tried to stay out of his affairs and I tried not to think of him, but when it came to his hatred for my bastard siblings, I couldn't help but allow it to fill me with glee. The carriage pulled up to the estate and the iron bars opened as they always did. At least he hasn't shut me out completely, I said while watching the gate guards examine the carriage. This wasn't unusual and I was expected, though I was still on the edge that my father would try to cast me out again, or worse. I stepped out of the carriage and briefly examined the grounds. They weren't as I remembered, as the condition of the property had deteriorated just as much as Brex had. My family's estate was not spared the cruel fate. The smell of despondia was much stronger, and the climate was a bit more humid than I cared for. Even with the guards examining my carriage, I knew I was invited. The scroll my father sent by courier made it to Wurz quickly, and I was very suspicious at the timing. We had just cast Americs off into the sea when she arrived, almost on cue. I made sure to keep my guard up, because I now had something my father wanted and I knew he would do anything to get it. With Brex in the state that it was in, 
I knew Tiberic would be desperate for what my uncle left me. I entered the front door of the manor to find Tigras pacing in the main hall. A look of fright, scorn, and agitation covered his face, and I admit, I loved seeing it. Well, but is it the priest of Xylene? Brother, you should thank your god for the incredible tides I experienced while I was in Wurz. I knew I was patronizing him, and I enjoyed every second of it. Having power was something that I could have become accustomed to. Tigras glanced up from his pacing to see me enter the room. A look of bewilderment overtook him once his eyes met mine. You should thank him yourself before he devours your essence, Nathair, he replied in a remarkably threatening tone. I don't know what I had done recently to wrong him, but that tone was unacceptable. Tigras took in a deep breath and placed his hands on his hips. He shook his head and exhaled while glancing down at the ground. Nathair, I'm sorry, that was a bit harsh. It was, but I'm rather used to it, I replied politely, though my mind was already beginning to swirl around the next issue. Why are you here? I inquired, wondering why the follower of Xyling was in my father's home and not in a temple. Tigras chuckled and shook his head. Father still doesn't tell you anything, does he? He asked rhetorically, which bothered me immensely. I knew my father kept things from me. Hell, he kept everything from me. However, it bothered me immensely to hear my brother speak those words. Nathair, father has summoned all of us to the manor. Upon the death of our uncle, your recent caregiver, our father has petitioned and been granted control of his estate. We're taking over his side of the shipping business now. My eyes widened upon hearing the words slip off of my brother's forked tongue. I knew my father was always working a wicked game, but I didn't know it would hit this close to me. That's quite peculiar, as Uncle Demerix left the company specifically to me, I stated softly. What gives our father the right to take control over his estate? Because Demerix never left a recorded will, or at least one hasn't been found yet, answered Tigras. I found his response troubling, because I knew this was a lie. Jarosk held it in his hand when he told me that I was being left the company. Something sinister was at play, and I began to worry just how deep this went. I'm sure it will all be sorted out, but you should be thrilled, Nathair. This is brilliant news for our family, continued Tigras. I forced a smile out of the sides of my mouth before nodding. It is, I said reluctantly. I shouldn't keep father waiting, though. He has summoned me from words. No, you shouldn't, retorted Tigras. It was at this moment that I knew I was in danger. Something sinister was at play. I knew my father had a scheme in mind, but now I had to be resourceful over my own personal safety. I walked through the manor quickly, not having to skulk around corners or keep myself hidden. For once, I was free to move as I wished. I entered the lobby to my father's parlor to find Falau staring out the large window against the side wall. Oh, it's you, I announced upon entering. I closed the door behind me while keeping my eyes focused on my brother. After hearing Tigras in the previous room, I knew there was a lot at play now and I was prepared for anything. I kept my daggers on my side, but I made sure they were quick to reach. I knew I was in danger, but I couldn't be seen as defensive. I had to make sure they saw me for who they perceived me to be. I was wondering how long it would take for you to crawl back to us from Wurz. He seethed without looking at me, keeping his gaze out the window. Clearly the carriages move a lot faster than they used to. Or the horses are in much better shape, I joked, trying to lighten the mood where Falaus always kept it dismal. Excuse me, Falaus, but I'm here to see Father. Falaus turned and held his hand out placing it on my chest while looking into my eyes. You will do no such thing, he commanded. I stood perfectly still and glanced down at my brother's hand before locking eyes with him. And why not? I asked politely in as innocent of a tone as possible. Why am I not allowed to see father upon my return? He summoned me here from words, after all. Balaus scowled and furled his brow. Because he has given me the message that he was going to give to you, he replied. Balaus closed his eyes and inhaled loudly before opening them and staring into my soul. Or at least that's what it felt like he was trying to do. He was trying to intimidate me, and it wasn't working. It was a charade, and I could see right through it. Cut the act, Falaus. I know you're not serious. 
I said sternly before stepping away from him. I took two steps past him when I felt my brother's hand on my left shoulder. He pulled on it to stop me, only for me to react violently. I planted my left foot and spun on it, projecting all of my force behind my right fist. I drove it as hard as I could into his face, hitting him squarely on his left cheek. I followed that up with a swift left palm to his throat to push him backwards, and then another right palm to the area above his left eye. The louse was stunned and stumbling backwards as I kept my left foot planted and drove my right leg into the back of his left knee. I leapt into the air and spun, driving my left leg into his right knee. Finally, I planted both legs and lunged backwards with my elbow out, driving it into his sternum and knocking him onto his back. I stepped forward and gazed down at my broken brother as he rolled around on the wooden floor. Blood was coming from the area above his eye, though not enough to seek a doctor. He was breathing heavily from the last elbow into his sternum, but he was going to survive. I intended on it. Nathair, that is enough, boomed my father from the doorway. I suppose the old man saw me nearly kill his firstborn. Father, just the man I wanted to see, I said as I dusted my shirt off and shifted my attention toward him. I apologize for my tardiness. I would have been quicker had I not been stopped by my brother. He glanced over my shoulder at Falaus, who was still writhing on the floor in pain. Right. You were delayed, he said dejectedly, almost as if he wished to not have to speak to me. I followed him into his office and glanced back at Falaus. I grinned roguishly at my brother before I shut the wooden door, keeping my back to my father until I heard the latch. Come on, son. I don't have all day. I moved through the opening in my father's parlor and examined the objects he had strewn about. It was similar to the last time that I was there. Books, tomes, scrolls, and other parchment were scattered about the area. Father, how have you been since we last saw one another? I was hoping that you would come visit me in Wurz, or at least write from time to time. But I heard nothing from you or my brothers. My father chuckled and shook his head as he took his place behind his desk. He remained on his feet, but placed his palms on the smooth surface before him. Nathair, don't be foolish. You know damn well why you were sent off. He stated rudely over his laughter. He glanced up at me and stared at me over the bridge of his nose. You were sent away because I had no purpose for you here, nor any reason to keep you around. I had no will to want to continue to raise someone without a use. My father paused briefly as his words sunk in. I felt weak, but equally angered. He confirmed what I already suspected. Rage built within my bones, though I did my best to keep it at bay and not show it outwardly. Fortunately for you, I found a purpose for you elsewhere. And what purpose was that, father? I inquired politely, still with my rage building, but now I was plotting my next move. He tilted his head up a bit further, leaving his chin parallel to his desk. Your uncle Demerics possessed a rival shipping company. You knew that going there, and you knew that, while we were not allies, we were not enemies. We were business rivals, but we were family. And so long as your mother was alive, it was going to stay that way. Once she died, though, things changed. Demerics agreed to take you in after I told him I was going to have you lost at sea or sold into slavery. He knew how much Matralgia loved you, and how it would tear her apart if she knew I cast you out. You were going to sell me into slavery? I exclaimed, unable to hold my fury. My father could see my emotions and an evil smile came across his face. It would have been the best use of you at that time, but you fulfilled a much larger use once I sent you to your uncle, continued my father with a much more demeaning tone. Your uncle had an affinity for you, and, I'll have you know, I did keep a watch over you. When Brawl was submerged into the depths, I know that you were in Sunshire spying on the Dorvos. Regulus is a dear friend of mine, and those in his employ saw you lurching around his city like a venomous serpent searching for his prey. It seems Demerics found a use for you after all, and I suppose I should at least extend you the opportunity to serve me in that capacity. I chuckled openly at my father. You want me to serve you when Demerics left his company to me. 
I am your rival now, father, and in time the truth will come out. I pause as I watch my father twist a quill in his hand. Uncle Demerics made me who I am, and because of that, I will see to it that his legacy will never be lost or tainted by the likes of you and your ilk. My father locked his eyes on mine as an evil grin came over him. He placed the quill on his desk and clapped his hands while laughing. I was quite hopeful that you would agree to serve me. Your gifts are quite unique, but I have no use for someone who will not serve the family. He closed his eyes and licked his lips, pausing for a moment to collect himself. The truth that you are referring to will be what I say it will be, especially after Jerovsk met his end, he stated with evil in his voice. I told you that Regulus Dorvo was a dear friend of mine. Once your uncle died, he had Jerovsk tossed into the stockade, along with your uncle's will. This was the plan all along. You were to get close enough to your uncle to get him to leave you his estate, and then I would take it from you, either by choice or by force. I was speechless. Hearing my father reveal his plan and how I was the crux to it was disheartening. At that moment, I let my guard down because I was too foolish and naive to see this coming. He loved my mother, but she was what stopped him from doing this. Once she was gone, my father was free to act as he saw fit. He wanted Demerix's estate, and soon he was to have it. I kept my eyes on my father as I began to hear the sound of boots slamming against the wooden floor. Nathair, son, please listen to me closely, because I intend to only say this once. He seethed as several of his own personal soldiers came in from a side door. I stood my ground and counted the four soldiers as they came in, all clad in a leather armor that allowed for movement but didn't offer much in terms of protection. My father leaned forward and glared into my eyes as I held my stoic expression. These men are going to escort you from this mansion. They will take you to the barn where we haven't kept beasts for years and keep you there until the sun goes down. Once the moons hang high overhead, they will personally escort you to the halls of Vesia. My eyes opened in shock at my father's words. Father, how could you? I screamed in anger. The four guards rushed toward me, with two of them grabbing me by the arms. They hooked their limbs underneath my armpits and lifted me up off the ground. I flailed my legs as they pulled me away from my father and he stared menacingly after sending me to my doom. In the aftermath of my father revealing his scheme to me, I was too taken aback to reach for my weapons. The soldiers had little to do. Nathair, your usefulness has ended and there is no purpose for you left in this realm. Your body will be turned into ash and fed to the dirt while your soul will be fed to whichever god is hungry enough to devour you on the spot. My father's words rang through my ears as the guards pulled me from the room and closed the door behind me. They drug me down a large flight of stairs and down into a tunnel that connected the mansion with the barn as well as several other structures on the property. I forgot those tunnels existed, as they were mainly used by the servants to get from one place on the property to another without wasting much time. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptcrypt.com.